This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Komikaela Naimen Toko Ingoa. My name is Michaela Naiman and I'm your host. Welcome! This show focuses on the arts and creativity in Taranaki and beyond. We aim to cover the diversity of arts from painting, literature, songwriting, theatre, pottery, poetry, sculpture and how the creative arts contribute to our community, as well as our own sense of purpose and well-being. The Sugarloafing Artscast is generously supported by the Govette Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Centre. Stay tuned to find out more. Welcome to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast, supported by Govette Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Centre. And I'm here in the studio today with Laura Campbell, Director for Percy Thompson Gallery in Stratford. Welcome, Laura. Kia ora. thanks for having me. <laughs> Lovely to see you. And uh, we are having a very special uh, episode today because I was thinking about all the things to do with getting exhibition ready, um, running behind on my own <laughs> deadlines and not managing to get work in for some amazing local art shows. And I was thinking, yeah, the presentability of art in Aotearoa, Laura, um, being the director of Percy Thompson Gallery, deals with this all the time. So we are going to talk about how to get yourself exhibition ready and what to think about. And I'm so glad I have uh, you at the, you know, to have this conversation with because it's quite important, isn't it, for an artist to know the business side of things. Absolutely, and just hearing from artists around the community coming to see me, there's a lot of nervousness sometimes with am I doing enough marketing of my own work? Am I putting myself out there enough? There are a lot of those questions out there at the moment, uh, especially with what we've all been through recently with COVID and things. But it's a really good thing for artists to come and see people like myself, gallery directors, people that have specialisation in these areas, feel comfortable, approach us. Um, We're there for those kind of questions. That's an incredibly generous invite because I do think that, uh, you know, people see you as someone who's very busy and behind the scenes and not necessarily approachable, especially if you're starting out. Um, So what would you recommend someone who is starting out uh, if we talk about the usual process of you know, putting your work in for an exhibition, um, what kind of things do you have to take into consideration to begin with? I think the most important thing is presentability of your artwork. Is it to that standard of our team, for example, being able to take your work, look at it, condition report it on when it arrives at the gallery. So that's part of our process as well. So when you bring a work in, our team, before we even put it on the wall, we look at the back of the painting or the frame more than anything else. 
Um, and I don't think some artists quite realise that, is that the back of the work is actually so important to us. The hanging systems that they're using, uh, please get that advice from those specialised areas. For example, a framer, uh, someone like Derek Hughes or Jane's Gallery here in New Plymouth, more than accommodating to our artists to kind of give those suggestions on the best ways to secure your work. Yeah. That is another thing in the gallery setting as well, is your artwork secure um, to our walls? Um, I've seen throughout my career certain artists that haven't quite uh, looked at that area before and things can happen, right? If yes. you don't do the proper <laughs> process, uh, and that's that's the biggest thing for us. We have responsibility to to care for your work while it's in our gallery setting, but it's also the artist's responsibility before they drop it off mm. to ensure that their artwork is secure. Mm. And I know. Um, so this is also something for uh, emerging artists that if. Um, you're thinking of, you know, getting some practice. It's a good idea to join a local art uh, society as well because they have uh, usually very strict rules about how to hang your work. Um, there's the inevitable discussion about D-rings or <laughs> something <laughs> else. And, you know, you can learn so much just by doing that. But it's about keeping your work safe and secure to the walls or on the plinths if, that's, if you're doing sculpture, 3D. But it's also about, um, you know, it being presentable. Absolutely. And I think as well, you're right about art societies. They provide community workshops. So in Stratford, we have the Stratford Art Society that we give two exhibitions to every year. Uh, it's for everyone in Taranaki as well. Mm. You don't necessarily have to live in Stratford. They provide workshops on how to present your work because ultimately there are established and both emerging artists as well in that group, mm. they're willing to share all of those technical skills with you as mm -hmm. well. So don't be nervous about it. No, and you have the wonderful opportunity then to have two group exhibitions a year at Percy Thompson Gallery. Very lucky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you also have in New Plymouth um, the likes of the North Taranaki Art Society, which is up at the Gables, and uh, they have several exhibitions on different themes throughout the year. And so there again, you can put your work forward together with other artists. There are, um, you know, good advice on how to hang your work and how to make it look. And you can go then to the exhibition openings and see what happens. Absolutely. But again, the most important thing to us is looking at the back of the painting. It's also the preparation of your work as well. For example, priming your canvases or uh, wooden frames, for example, if, if it's not treated properly, it can warp and buckle. Our team always look at those in the condition reports at the, at the start of the process. We're really lucky at Percy Thompson that we have the climate control mm. that we have. But still, if it comes in in that condition, it can really hinder the work, mm. right? And for someone like me who's a printmaker, um, you know, it's very stressful because you've spent all the time making your art and then you realize you've come up really close to deadline and then you have to get it exhibition ready. There is nothing like the nightmare of trying to frame your uh, art at the last minute. And 
I've seen a lot of people also use cheap versions of framing that, like you say, warp or it's not glass, so it's some sort of um, poly plastic, uh, you know, composite, uh, composite uh, instead of glass, and then it comes away from the frame, and sometimes even the artwork drops if it's a paper-based art, mm-hmm. and it's very embarrassing for the artist as well. Exactly, and it's those little tips and tricks that you learn along the way as an artist, like hard we way. completely <laughs> understand. It's a nerve-wracking process for, for getting anything. I, I like that you keep saying exhibition ready. Uh, because it is a different level of presentability to our visitors. Mm -hmm. For example, if something is for sale in the gallery as well, there is that expectation of the buyer as well, if they see an artwork, that it will be in good condition. Oh, yes. So that they can hang it in their own homes. So that is really important to us as well, that us as a gallery, we know that we are... um, you know, and that middle person acting on behalf of the artist and that we will ensure that these works safely make it Mm. to the new buyer. So it's a bit of that as well. Mm. So much care and, uh, you know, effort that goes into this art making. Uh, On that note, let's take a break and listen to Finn Rosell.
Radio Taranaki at 104.4 FM. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast and I'm your host, Michaela Nyman. We are supported by Covet Brewster Art Gallery and Lenlai Center and so grateful for that support. Here with me in the studio today I have Laura Campbell, who is the director of Percy Thompson Gallery in Stratford, and we are talking about getting our art up to standards uh, in order to be presented, sold, exhibited all these things that goes into the business of art making. So this is a very practical and, I guess, uh, episode uh, full of advice that might be useful for you. And can you just uh, tell us, how long have you now been with the Percy Thompson Gallery, Laura? It's been 12 months, officially, today. So that's really exciting. Thank you. Yes, and it's just been a wonderful year of working with all of the local artists in our community, but also from around Aotearoa as well. It's been just a wonderful opportunity, really. Mm. And can you just uh, touch a bit on at what point and when did you discover that you have a knack for curation? Because you must have, being a director of an art gallery that sees so much work come through its doors. Absolutely. I think it really started for me, so I got my Masters of Arts in Victoria University in Wellington. I got that inspiration from working at Adam Art Gallery in Wellington as a student and training alongside Tina Barton, who was a real inspiration for me. Fantastic curator, real big supporter of women in art as well, Mm. which is a real passion of mine too. Uh, I've kind of inherited that. Um, And yeah, it's just been something that I've been passionate about since then, seeing all of those little technical skills that you get just from the trick of the eye, uh, placement of artworks. It's, It's really important. I think people walking into a gallery setting sometimes you know, they go, how, how have you thought about how to arrange all of this? And it, it is really technical. So what does a good uh, curation do for the art? Enhances it. And especially we find we have a lot of group shows yes. as well, which can be quite challenging. We have all different mediums, all different colour schemes as well, techniques. So we really have to look at it and a collective, cohesive way. 
it's always a challenge at the gallery as well, but we absolutely love seeing those contrasts as well, putting them side by side, uh, challenging the viewer, not necessarily showing you the same old thing, mm. but, you know, something different all mm. the time. And uh, right now you have a Taranaki review in miniature on, and um, I believe it's over 200 artworks. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and that's also, like you say, a challenge. So how do you navigate that um, space between it looking too crowded to see what's actually on display and making it appealing to the eye and kind of that you can see the artwork individually as well as kind of together in clusters and the whole yeah, I think it's also an understanding of your space, right? Getting to know the gallery. So early on as director at Percy Thompson, it was a real challenge for me because, again, it's a new space. Once you get used to that, you kind of get an idea of overall how many works look really good, the sizing of works in particular. In our gallery, it's really well spaced out all the time, but again, we have little works, big works. So it's an ongoing challenge every time, every exhibition is so different. For me personally, I like getting an overall picture from the get-go. Mm. So even before the works enter the gallery, I have a fair idea of where things might go. So I do a curation before works even come into the gallery for some shows. For example, Adam Portraiture. We had a really good look at that. So we have a portfolio of works presented to us. And that's another thing, if artists are interested in doing proposals, you know, getting that um, itinerary together for us is really important. So providing the visuals, the measurements, all those little technical hanging requirements that you need, all of those things really help the curator. Mm. And um, a tip, just take some photos too of your art before you frame it. Absolutely, behind the glass. Measure the yes. uh, paper itself or the <laughs> canvas itself before you put on that gorgeous big, big, big frame. <laughs> Absolutely, because again, the lights in the gallery um, can really enhance the work, but if you've got that reflective glass as well, it can really take away from the work. So that's another piece of advice to talk to a framer as well because you can get that specific glass that doesn't reflect as much too and also uv radiation that so it doesn't important. yeah so important doesn't yeah. pale and fade and um, on the note of taking photos um, there are some artists who have been really good uh, at doing it from the get-go you never know where your art is going to end up and um, we have recently had um, massey university press and print council aotearoa new zealand released Proof, a survey of 20 years of printmaking, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous hardcover book. But when they asked for contributions for the book or entries for it, uh, of course, it had to be a really high-quality photo of each artwork, unframed, unglassed. And not everyone had that. So, yeah, you never know. Ongoing challenges, but also reach out to perhaps a local photographer get some tips, but even you can ask them, you know, would you be able to take some photos of my work when they're finished? And there are artists out there that collaborate with photographers. So it's not on you all the time. Reach out, ask for help. Yeah. So this sounds like um, 
Yeah, it's full on at your end, but uh, group exhibitions then, say like the um, Stratford Art Society or this miniature uh, exhibition, you can't predict what is going to come in. Have oh, you that's sometimes scary, <laughs> <laughs> I must admit. <laughs> Have you ever had to turn um, away work more based on the quantities that are coming in? Or do you look at everything coming in and then make a decision? I think the most important thing, quantity, yes, it sometimes is a factor. And so my responsibility as the director of Perth Thompson is to say to the groups displaying with us as well, like we have a certain number that we can take in the gallery. So we know at our gallery probably 200 to 250 is our absolute maximum. So I will express that to any group that's, you know, a contributing work to the gallery. So there are those conditions there, but my main thing is quality, mm. not quantity, quality. Mm. Making sure those works are safe for us to hang from the get-go, but also we don't want that nervousness of, is that going to fall off the wall? You know, we just, for health and safety requirements now in workplaces, it, that counts for us as well. Mm. It's a big factor. And That's interesting. You know, those bigger works that we hang mm. um, need to really ensure that those D-rings are, are in there. And we always have a, a little check. Mm. But just to make sure with your local framer or someone that you're getting advice from, that that is done properly. Mm. And also, if you have heavy works, if you haven't counted on how much a slab of wood <laughs> would weigh, um, just ensure that you actually have the appropriate uh, hanging mechanism as well. That that you know it that can actually take that weight, not just some flimsy small D rings, but it needs to maybe be something much sturdier. Absolutely, and also um, just communication from the get-go. If you have, for example, we in, in Taranaki, we're really fortunate. We have a lot of stone works, right? So Taranaki yep. andesite. Communication up front, yes, this is going to be over a certain amount kgs, right? So our staff can't be expected to lift ah, works. Yes, of so course. you have to kind of... And, and, our Taranaki artists are so good. They they are starting to really understand that that is a condition before it arrives at the gallery. We can ask locals around the corner um, at one of our businesses, Forklift, for example. We just need that communication from the get-go mm. for our team to get prepared, that it's a seamless install for mm. us as well. Because mm. we only have that week period out at Percy Thompson mm. that we close for that week and we have three to four days to make this all happen. Mm -hmm. Super busy. And of Super course, busy. you've cleared out an exhibition just before then and kind of uh, refreshed and revamped the walls maybe in between. And so, yeah, it's super busy change over time. Absolutely. Mm. But we always love it. Four to six, every four to six weeks, there is a new exhibition out in Stratford, which is incredible. So... Maybe you should plan a trip up to Stratford, folks. And there is right now a review in miniature, and then there's more coming every um, four to six weeks. There is a changeover, as Laura Campbell says. So let's listen to uh, another local. Let's listen to Andy Bassett. <laughs> Pick me up when I'm done 
There are some things you do on your own Bite your tongue, take the rap It's not worth all this crap And it's a long way to walk home alone We've got stuff all around on the walls and the ground and it tells us where we all came from but if there's nobody here it could all disappear so won't you please mind the store while i'm From captains and cavaliers, butchers and maladies, numbers to call, letters to editors, to debtors and creditors, words from the wise to the fool and us all. Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki, 104.4 FM. 
You're listening to the Sugarloafing Arts Cast, supported by Corvette Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Center. And I'm here today with Laura Campbell, who is the director for Percy Thompson Gallery in Stratford. And we are having a very practical kind of korero today, talking about getting your art presentation uh, exhibition ready, sales ready, um, also the health and safety associated with the uh, having your art displayed and this could be anything from having the right kind of hanging uh, systems on it um, taking care that everything is attached that things don't fall off and the heaviness of sculptures this is um, so interesting to hear uh, what you've been saying so have you ever had kind of like a clinic or a feedback to artists whose work has been then rejected on the grounds of things not hanging together or that it might come off the wall or, you know, are, are especially emerging artists, are they seeking those kinds of, um, that kind of feedback from you? On some occasions, yes. And we, we really hope that that happens before installation week. <laughs> if there's any issues, we'd love to know prior, of course, so then we can actually get them fixed and your work can still hang in the gallery um, with those better conditions. I think also looking at the quality of artworks as well and coming into the art gallery, we really need to look at communicating with those specialisations of someone like Derek Hughes. You know, their turnaround times, they're very busy people as Mm. well, but also amazing helpers of our community, Mm. our artist community. Rejection at the gallery doesn't happen very often. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things that most artists are starting to learn that that is a big factor. And not everyone wants their work on the wall that doesn't look good, right? They no. they want it to look amazing. Um, so we're really accommodating for our artists, but also there are those times where I've had to say no. Mm. You know, and that is that is a big thing. But I, I've become really good at saying no sometimes. You know, it's it's a hard decision because that artist it it means so much to them that work. But if it comes in in a state where, for example, some people store works in their sheds in Taranaki, the moisture, the humidity really goes against the artwork and once we get it into our climate controlled area we need to ensure that it's not going to affect other people's works right Mm, that's a good point yeah Mm. because ultimately it's a collective space and if you're having a group show and your work for example isn't fumigated some people don't think about wood as well um, needing to be fumigated little bugs and things uh, we can't have that in the gallery. So you've got to just be really aware that it's a you know, sharing and caring space for all of our artists. So what do you do then with people who use, like, say, driftwood and stuff in their art? Do you actually tell them to go and fumigate it? or Most of the time artists are looking at that and saying, you know, they're checking it for little bugs and things, but we ideally would want that fumigated, wow. absolutely. Because ultimately, say for example, you have um, an oil painting next door to a driftwood work, mm. um, and 
you could have fly spots or anything come off of those other works. So you've just got to be really careful um, in treating your and pre- preparing your artwork properly mm. from the get go. And that all comes with, you know, talking to other artists, having workshops, um, practical experience with others. You were talking before about printmakers and having more practical workshops together. Mm. So all of that comes with experience, but you're right. There are emerging artists that we look after at the gallery with our Emergence Awards that we have every Mm. two years. Which are wonderful. (laughs) Which is amazing. But for the next one, we will be looking at having some workshops in the lead up to that exhibition so that younger artists feel comfortable Mm. that they know that their artwork's are ready to go. Mm, fabulous, fabulous. And I would say, uh, not trying to be ageist here, so not only younger, I hope, but all emerging artists? Absolutely, because yeah. yes, of course, because <laughs> artists, there's people changing careers at the moment, but also picking up their tools again, which mm. is fantastic. It's great to see. And we're seeing that at the gallery. Oh. A lot of new artists joining something like the Stratford Art Society group, Mm. getting some exposure and Mm. taking off, Mm. which is amazing. And there's so much joy to have. And um, I have to just make a plug here. Of course, we have an art space, small, but lit at night and free here at uh, Access Radio Taranaki. And so if you are interested in exhibiting for a month in the Top Town Mall, um, just contact uh, any of us here at Access Radio Taranaki. Uh, we'd love to see uh, new emerging artists and we'd love to see also groups of artists. And it's a small space, but uh, yeah, That's nice. wonderful. Mm. And uh, so all of this wealth of information that you have, are you going to offer some sort of uh, maybe a small guide or something to people next year then in together with the workshops yeah absolutely and i think it it could also prove as a visual tool for people some people you know you can write so many words and it just it doesn't quite get through and i get that because i'm a visual learner as well so yes we will put together a document for artists um, and we can certainly provide that at percy thompson gallery for them oh that would be wonderful what a resource And it would also encourage people to kind of think deeper about not only the making, but also the presentation and the kind of the fine end, the polishing bit. Absolutely. And and just coming to mind as well, some of those art societies, if they want to approach the gallery as well, we can hold some clinics, workshops for anyone that um, wants some more practical experience with hanging systems or how we even go about hanging an exhibition you know, I, I do understand that uh, a lot of artists, it's drop off time and then they leave and then, you know, it's hung miraculously over <laughs> that week um, and then they come back for the opening to see what we've done. But there is that gap there. So I understand that. So maybe we could do something with oh, local artists. So that would be really cool. Yes. Yeah. And I, I so agree with that gap between having hung a few exhibitions up at the Gables too, which has <laughs> its quirks. Um, it's, yeah, sometimes you shift work too. Once you realize how the light comes in and how things actually don't talk to each other, then you realize, oh, no, no, this one needs to go on the other end. And you come back and someone has shifted it exactly for that reason. And it's very interesting. Usually always improves it's kind of you need to sit with it for a while. 
Absolutely, and that and that idea of artworks talking to one another, that is a big part of curation, right? Making almost a narrative, mm. which is which is quite challenging. I, uh, next week we are hanging the Taranaki Review in miniature with our 200 artists involved, which will be amazing, and all small works. So it's going to be something new for us as well. But we're so excited. The works coming in from local artists are extraordinary. It's amazing. That will be a very, very cool show. So um, we will take a short break and uh, listen to um, Laura Campbell.
Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You're listening to Sugarloafing Artscast, supported by Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Landlife Centre. And I'm here today with uh, Laura Campbell, uh, from who is the director of the Percy Thompson Gallery in Stratford. And it was, of course, Laura Griffith we just listened to. Laura Campbell is here in the studio with me. I was just thinking I haven't recorded anything <laughs> recently. <laughs> you have many strings on your bow. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so we are talking about all the duty of care that goes into artworks, curation, getting your art exhibition ready. And um, there is a wonderful resource coming artists' way uh, prepared by the Percy Thompson Gallery team which is about you know things to think about to get your work presentation ready exhibition ready sales ready all the business side of things that we need and you talked about standards in the beginning each gallery and each place has its own standards so do you change these standards with each exhibition or where do you recommend artists to go and check out what your gallery standards are I think that visual tool that we will provide will be a really good guide for people. That's the thing as well. Art galleries around Aotearoa, the directors, curators, we are all a network ourselves. So we all talk in unison about our expectations for the gallery, what comes in. We make ensure that there's condition reporting that happens every time we intake works. So there is actually... A standard amongst us in that uh, directors community for all regional galleries throughout Aotearoa but also at Gavette Brewster as well we have oh. that same level of standard and that's that's the thing our local artists are incredible they are, c- are coming to those high standards that is achieved at Gavette Brewster as well so yes it's all in unison really. Mm, fabulous And what do you think um, then uh, exhibitions and also the presentation of art, can it lead to more opportunities for you as an individual artist to, you know, get your work seen and get out there? Absolutely. And I guess that also comes into marketing yourself as well. Yeah, such a hard part of being an artist, eh? It is. And I, I have been asked quite a few times this year, how do I get myself out there? Uh, am I a brand? Am I a creator? You know, all of those big questions of how do you put yourself out there as an artist? 
and also in New Zealand. I don't know what it is, but it's just who we are, and it's that little, are we showing off too much? <laughs> Which, no, it's silly, we're not. We should be getting out there and expressing ourselves as artists. And I think it's really important that artists, you know, look at what what is your message? What are you, is it your business? Is it uh, part of your passion that you're just trying to you know get get your work out there for example so you know you can you can use all different tools to get your messaging out there whether it's your website your social media exhibiting exhibiting is a huge part of it we have at the gallery quite a few emerging artists that have come to us in the last year who have said thank you so much for your support it's getting me started um, it's getting my name out there. So that's important as well, exhibit. Mm. And uh, when you talk about uh, getting your name out there and, and building a platform, do you need to have your own website, do you think? Sometimes there is costs involved, right? So I understand it's super hard, it's so challenging. But there are websites out there. I've seen artists setting up some on platforms that are free. So that's always exciting. But Again, you've got to find what suits you and just and just talk with other artists as well. If you're a bit unsure, a bit uncertain, see what they're doing. Uh, some of those artists that you might look up to as well and are seeing success from them, I'm sure they're willing to share, you know, how they got started. Mm. And there's always that the kind of, uh, it feels really intimidating to approach someone um, who is, uh, you know, such an established and, uh, you know, lauded artist. But I know one of the first artists who invited me to come along to a, a life drawing workshop was actually Marianne Muggeridge. Oh, uh, amazing woman. Yeah, and so supportive and generous and, yeah. So, yeah, don't hesitate. And uh, when you talk also about the community of artists, um, we shouldn't forget that there's a huge online community that um, is virtual where people kind of gather according to their interests so if you go on Instagram and start looking who is putting up art that speaks to you there you have a few I talked to photographer Pip White earlier in the year and um, she said she didn't know that many photographers here but she has built up a lot of her knowledge and inspiration from the online community of photographers who are kind of like-minded um, that she has found online. Absolutely, and I think it's also important to know where people are looking as well. It's so challenging to find out marketing-wise where people are going to for their information. We're finding as an art gallery a lot more people are looking at Instagram so it's, most of our artists have only got Facebook. Well, have a look at Instagram as well. It's a visual platform, mm. right? So um, it's just adapting as well, adapting and changing to this very fast-paced environment that we live in all the time. Mm. And uh, I had a talk to the curators and, and the um, coordinators of the uh, uh, Garden Festival, the Sustainable Backyards and, and the Arts Trail here earlier. and. Um, of course, they're also always inviting new emerging talents to come along. And so, yeah, why not go along to the Taranaki Arts Trail and the Wakura Arts Trail and see what artists are doing? And right now there's Christmas markets uh, in many of the studios. Um, go and have a look. Yeah, and some of those studios are open all year round. You've got the contact details and that wonderful brochure they put out every year. 
go and see them. I've done that myself, you know, only managed to go and see a few during the trail. Mm. I had COVID, so it went down the drain. (laughs) I know, but then you've got that opportunity afterwards as well. They're more than welcoming you into the studio and... It's just a wonderful opportunity to learn. That is true. And that um, booklet is really, you know, if you look through and see someone who um, you've heard about afterwards, you didn't know who it was. uh, Yeah, wonderful opportunity to get in touch and see what they're doing then. And a lot of the galleries also, I might add, have, of course, shops like Percy Thompson. Uh, Lumen Gallery has now Christmas uh, arts and crafts on, on for sale. Um, so and of course also um, the Gover Street Gallery here, um, collaboration, Kina, you Wonderful. name it. Yeah, yeah. Taranaki's thriving at the moment. It's fantastic, <laughs> really good. <laughs> so you also talked about um, just briefly about the health and safety regulations that also um, impact you. And uh, what about the liability if something goes wrong? If an artwork falls down from the wall or is somehow damaged in transport, uh, where who pays for that? Whose fault is that? Yeah, really good question. It's always it's a bit nerve-wracking when it does happen, yeah. you know. Um, ultimately, uh, delivery of artworks and transportation of artworks for a local artist that brings their work for a group show, that obviously is their liability before it enters the gallery. Once it enters the gallery, our team has to make sure that everything is looking safe on the back there. But there are some examples where that ungodly thing happens where it it can sometimes go wrong right and it is in the gallery most artists though have looked at it and said it's actually been their fault you know that they haven't actually Mm. addressed something or it was a hidden mechanism that they had added quickly or last minute something like that which our team could not say it would be invisible for us we would have thought something like um, liquid nails for example being attached with a bracket to ACM, mm. you know, those kind of little things. Yes, I do know. Yeah, and we always think, mm, has that been attached days before or hours before? So we need artists to be upfront with us about those little things as well because ultimately the artist is responsible at some point during that process. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a big thing for the gallery as well. Of course, we'd probably have to, you know, say that's on us because it's in our environment. But we do need that transparency from the artists themselves as well. Mm. On some occasions, it does happen. Mm, absolutely. I have a couple of small artworks that hang on um, strange kind of systems, uh, including those, um, what do you call it, the Velcro dots that are on yes. the back. Yes. And, uh, yeah, one of them that was supposed to carry, I don't know how much weight, it was a tiny block of um, five by five, uh, just one inch uh, thick, and it fell off the wall after um, four or five weeks mm-hmm. and was not supposed to. And so, yeah, I used it as a hanger just to see, you know, when it would happen. And I was um, a bit upset with that because that could potentially have been a sold artwork to someone. So someone would have had, you know, several of those blocks falling off the wall at different times if I had sold it. Yeah. I mean, there are there are the odd mishaps that do happen. And, you know, you'll live and you learn from them. Like I've seen some before that you're just like, 
I'll never do that again or I'll never let that you know happen but you sometimes it just happens you know yeah. it's just a matter of fact it just happens um but for example you know touring shows and things that we get coming in condition report those well we're condition reporting the local artists as well so there is liability on the gallery as mm. well um if something does go wrong so yeah just artists aware of that mm. you know that they have some responsibility before their work comes into that environment mm. But uh, it uh, deserves to be mentioned. We talked earlier about um, having found materials like driftwood and also the bugs that can come with it if it's untreated, which I think is a fascinating, uh, you know, <laughs> example of what you could unwittingly do to your fellow artists because you bring in the bugs and they might then get into someone else's artwork and start chomping away, um, which was never the intention. Having spoken here to the Floral Art Association um, some uh, months ago, uh, they of course forage for a lot of their work, but uh, I assume that you know they they are um, driftwood in in their kind of creations, but they're all together in it, uh, and it's very short-lived as well, being floral art. Absolutely, and there are those conditions sometimes for specific exhibitions that can be put in certain clauses that you know there are certain artworks that need to be framed for example you know floral works that could potentially bring bugs into the gallery that it's secure that it won't um, you know interfere with other artworks so there are certain things that you know once we know what's coming into the gallery um, we can act on that mm. as well and it's just awareness for artists really that mm. that is a factor in our day-to-day -day at the gallery that we can't have any insects or bugs in our area for you know um, flies for example leave residue mm, terrible on oils you know um, so it's just it's those kind of considerations as well mm. oh has been so good talking to you. I had this um, terrible vision now of a hungry little caterpillar eating its way through my paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right, because that won't happen up at Percy Thompson Gallery. <laughs> so thank you so much, Laura. And uh, we are all looking forward to this um, visual resource um, that is maybe coming then early next year or yes absolutely so 2023 look out for it mm, very cool along with maybe workshops on how to get the exhibition ready how to present your art and sell it and um, that's also an aspect of marketing and being a successful um, business owner and um, yeah all artists need part of that too not just a creative party eh? Absolutely. And we're there to support as yeah. well. That's the message too. Come yep. and see us. Thank you so much. And thank you for your generosity. Good luck with everything. And it has been wonderful having you in the studio. Namahi. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sugarloafing Arts Cast on 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Naiman and you can contact me with feedback and ideas for shows at Access Radio Taranaki or email me on community at accessradiotaranaki.com. You can check out the artists, guests and their fabulous work on our Sugarloafing Facebook page and Instagram. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go to accessradiotaranaki.com and search us up under current shows. 
The Sugarloafing Artscast was made possible with the support of Govet Brewster Art Gallery and the Len Lai Centre. Until next week. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.